Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. It is officially football season. We have NFL games started last night. College football started last week. Jeff Cohen, are you there with me live in Michigan? I am. I'm just sitting here and I'm watching the odds for each team to win each of its conferences Yeah. in, in college football. And I will tell you, they just want put up the Big Ten odds. And there, I believe, are 12 teams in the Big Ten. Does Rutgers they have the best odds a, to win the, the division? They only had 11 teams that actually have Vegas odds for to win the Big Ten. Are you, you trying, which to, one doesn't are even you trying have to tell odds? me Rutgers doesn't have odds? According to the ESPN Chiron, there are no odds for Rutgers at the moment. All right, well, we're going to get to college football because last week Rutgers was down 14 nothing and 21-7 to Massachusetts before I could even turn on the game. And you were blowing up my phone already with excitement that Rutgers is going to have another bad season. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let's Actually, I texted you first with an UG, if, in fairness. <laughs> in fairness. But then you enjoyed responding. Uh, oh, we, by, by, by the way, I, I do have to get this out. The odds for Rutgers under 247 sports, the odds for Rutgers to win a conference championship are at plus $100,000. You should take that. You, a, you, you should go take a, a, for $100. Jeff, we've been through this. I quit betting. My mom will really not be happy if you get me back into gambling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it'll be me that's the bad influence. I will right? blame you for everything. Mm-hmm. I should introduce our guest in studio. We've got Mike Greger here from heavy.com. Going to talk with Jeff and I about a little bit of football. Mike, how's it going? Good. Ready for some football. Who isn't ready for some football? Brett's excited for some football on the other side of the glass. He may not know who's playing for the Chiefs, but he's going to be rooting for them. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, he, he's shaking his head on the other side of the glass. He doesn't like that. Let's go Chiefs and well, for Survivor Football Pool. Let's go Baltimore Ravens. Oh, oh, Jeff, Brett has started his Survivor Football Pool again this season. We will get to that later. Uh, did you both watch the football game last night, Jeff, first? Well, I was on a plane, and everybody had it on on their TV sets on the plane. I'm sorry I, for I all never, of those travelers have, who had to suffer through that. I have never seen so many people. You know, usually when you're on a plane, you're not happy to begin with. People looked bored out of their mind. That was one of the worst football games you can imagine. So, but their field goal kicked a field. Their, their kicker kicked a field goal. Did you see the celebration from good. the fans when they hit a field goal? Yeah. I thought. I swear, I thought that game was going to come down to the Bears scoring a touchdown and them missing an extra point. I really thought that that's where the game was going at ten three last night. So, Mike, I'll ask you the question, and then Jeff: Is this because teams don't actually play in the preseason anymore that we saw bad football, or is it that we saw good defenses last night? What was going on there? Mike, what do you think? Uh, kind of a cop-out answer, but I think a little bit of both. Okay. I think, I think the fact that they don't play as much in the preseason, you could you see a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who arguably the best quarterback in football, right? He looked like he needed a couple series to get into rhythm. Um, Mitch Trubisky looked like he needed a couple games to get into rhythm last night. I am night. regretting yeah, that. He's, he's going to need a transplant to get into rhythm. <laughs> Jeff, were you surprised by what you saw in the game last night, or did you expect bad football? I expected bad football. I didn't expect that bad of football, but these are two teams that don't have explosive offenses. I, you can say Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in football, but he's not surrounded by one of the best talent um, groups in all of the NFL. Well, I will say this. I saw that ratings were up like 15% last night, and I, I did see some studies. When? 
of the game last night. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it, it, after the, did they do the ratings again after the first quarter? I think it was for the full game. It was up 15%. Right. And, and I have a theory that we're going to get to later that you're going to see ratings increases in lots of areas, specifically because of the increase in legalized gaming in different places, mm-hmm. separate from the people who are interested in actually football. So we'll get to that in a minute. Let's start with some Eagles. It's been 236 days since the Eagles played a meaningful football game. That will all Have you been counting? Uh, yes, yes. It's sort of like yeah. I, I count my time with you and how long it's been since the Eagles, both of them simultaneously. So. Yeah, it's like a, a chalkboard. Both, both, both it, seem interminable, huh? They are, um, you know, it feels longer with you, but I'm back with oh. the Eagles, so it's, it's okay. Uh, we're back this weekend, back at Lincoln Financial Field, back against the Redskins. They opened as an 8.5-point favorite. It is up to 10 in some places. Uh, Eagles shut out the Redskins last season. Uh, Jeff, I know you think that that stuff doesn't carry over because it's a different team often. Uh, yep. Doug Peterson's looking for his four straight season opener. Jeff, what are you expecting? Are you going to be like flying back watching the game on an airplane again? Tomorrow on Sunday? on Sunday? No, I'll be back in time for the game. Oh, so you're going to go to the Michigan game and then like fly back right after? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Michigan. I'm going to Michigan Army, and I'll be back on a plane tomorrow night. Okay, what do you expect other than a raucous atmosphere down there on Sunday? Because I don't know. Did either of you see the hype video this morning that went out? Amazing, amazing. Jeff, did you see the hype video yet? No. The Eagles media team is spectacular with what they do. and They, they won actually, an award. I yeah. Think. What happened is actually one of the people in the video is wearing an Eagles shirt that says fly with like a drip print. And so the Eagles store said because of demand, we will print these. And then they printed because of demand, we are now out of these. So I think Eagles fans are pretty excited. What are your thoughts going into Sunday, Jeff? I, th- I think they're going to walk away with this game. I, I don't think Washington has the, has the – uh, Weapons to keep up with the Eagles. So you think that a 10-point spread is nothing and you would go with the Eagles? Yeah, I, I would take the Eagles even with 10. Okay, Mike, With the in in last season, they, they struggled a little bit at home. They were 5-3. and three. Before that, they were 25-4 and four in the two seasons before that. Uh, or 20-6, and six, second behind the Panthers, or the Patriots. Are they going to kind of regain that home field advantage this year? As the defense started to play better, they did last year. What are you expecting out of the team as they start at home this year? I think they're going to come out and, and put their foot right on the gas. I expect to see Carson drop back and Doug just to do one of those old school, like, bomb it to T.O. I remember when T.O. was here and they just came right out. I think he's going to do that with Deshaun. Hopefully, it So he's not a decoy with his broken finger? I don't think so. Jeff, I mean, he's kind of a d- decoy anyway. Jeff, did you hear Deshaun say that? <laughs> Maybe he's out there as a decoy? You, you think Deshaun? You can, I, can I roll my eyes? <laughs> I can't see it, but come yes. Of, of course. Uh, Look, I th- I think he's got it right. I think that the first the first player, the second player is going to be a bomb. So I'd be sh- I'd be shocked if they if they start the game with three straight runs. So we but, talk- but they're all, all you need to know is is two words for this game: Case Keenum. Okay, you don't have faith. You have no faith in Case. In Case Ke- who has does Case Keenum's mother have faith in him? <laughs> That's not very nice. We can Come call on. it. We can call and ask her. <laughs> uh, my bigger concern, if I'm Case Keenum, is that the left side of my line is Donald Penn and Eric Flowers, as opposed to All Pro tackle Trent Williams and somebody else there. That's my bigger concern: is that you mm-hmm. have an Eagles defensive line who is deeper than they were last year, but I still have some concerns myself about Derek Barnett and his health because they're relying on him a lot. Uh, I think you saw that with. 
the talk of everybody wanting to bring Clowney in, also just the idea of people wanting to bring a name in. Um, but we're going to see how the Eagles' defensive line matches up against that Redskins' offensive line. If the Redskins are looking for anything, it's it's the run game. I mean, like that's their bread and butter. Yeah, run well, the ball, the, the play prob- defense. Yeah, the the problem with the Redskins, as far as defending against the run, is the second line. So if they get through the defensive line, you got a problem because the linebacking core is what concerns me most. So Mike and I were talking about that in studio beforehand. Let's talk about the linebackers for a second. Camus Grugier-Hill is still out. Nigel Braddon has found his cell phone and decided to return calls after, uh, I don't know if he had an illness or something, but apparently, Jeff, did you realize he missed the last game? He missed the team bus. They didn't know where he was. That became a story in the last day while you were flying out. Uh, So apparently Doug met with him today. There won't be a suspension Bradham will be playing. But if you look at the depth chart, <clears throat> you've got Bradham, got Zach Brown, who they brought in from the Redskins. Then you've got Nate Geary, LJ Fort, and TJ Edwards. Not quite the deepest group that there is. Now, in fairness, and Mike, you can talk a little more about the strategy. The Eagles don't necessarily play a 4-3 base defense all the time. Uh, they go with two linebackers. They bring Malcolm Jenkins up as a safety to sort of fill that role. So there's ways for them to mask that. But what have you seen out at camp and other things in terms of the Eagles linebackers this year that you expect? I agree with what you were saying that I, I don't have very much confidence in their linebackers. I think um, even Jim Schwartz has said that early in the, in the training camp was that he didn't have confidence in the linebackers, which kind of that concerns raised, me. That kind of concerns <laughs> a lot of people. Um, and then to watch them, a guy like Singleton came in and he made the the practice squad, but they didn't feel high high enough on him to put him on the actual team. Was a little odd to me. Um, were you surprised he didn't make the team? I was. I mean, not surprised in that. They have never valued the linebacker position that much, and to keep that many linebackers I thought was going to be a stretch. But with the injury to Grugier Hill and the way that Nate Geary struggled so mightily in the preseason, I thought it might be worth their while. Jeff, I don't know if you saw, um, Schwartz talked about uh, Zach Brown ahead of Nate Geary. So it seems like his depth chart right now going into this game is Nigel Bradham and Zach Brown. That concerns you? Yeah, uh, as I said, uh, if, if if running back gets past the defensive line, they could take it to the house. That's my biggest concern is whether or not this linebacking court can do this because I don't think Washington's receivers are anything to worry about. Their tight end is a little bit to worry about. But, but for me, the running game and the short game is what concerns me. So with tight end, we'll see whether Jordan Reed plays. Uh, I had Mike check the, the injury report. He was listed as limited in practice. He's coming off of a concussion, and he's got a – history of concussions so you know we'll see whether he plays if he does that's definitely the eagles have always had problems against physical linebackers who can take it down the middle um he's the kind of guy that can give problems i would think that you'd see malcolm jenkins on him more if that's the case as opposed to one of the linebackers unless they put bradham out on him but i'd like to see tj edwards get some play in this game I mean, do he you was think very he impressive. does though? He seems like he's basically number six on the depth chart he, right now. I mean, technically on a depth chart, yeah, but he just looks impressive to me, and I'd like I'd like to see what he could do in a real game situation, especially if Washington were to come out and start running the ball effectively early in the game. Do you think they were surprised at how well he played in the uh, preseason in camp to make the roster? I think that they were. I mean, he did have a little bit of hype. Everyone was saying he was the the best, or this could be the steal of the undrafted free agent class. But, I mean, that's all conjecture. Once you come in and actually do it, I think that they were probably a little surprised by how well he played. Jeff, you mentioned the, the wide receivers for the Eagles and the DBs for <clears throat> Washington. 
The Eagles have Ronald Darby, Sidney Jones, and Avante Maddox as their top three. Darby's coming back from an injury. I don't really know what there is in Sidney Jones yet. Uh, Jeff, you know I have been pro Sidney Jones since they drafted him injured. We had a doctor on who voiced concerns at the time. That's that's because you believe in the process. I do believe in the process. You are anti-process. Or you're you're kind of middle process. (laughs) Something like that. A middle process. And, you know, Maddox looked pretty good last year. Uh, You've got other people starting on injured list. How do you feel about the Eagles' defensive backs knowing that for Washington – their top three wide receivers, Paul Richardson, Terry McLaurin, and, and Trey Quinn, have a combined 124 career catches, with Richardson having 115 of them. So my question is, is how did Terry McLaurin become the, the number one wide receiver on Washington when they didn't target him once during the preseason? It puzzles me. They felt comfortable enough to cut a veteran in Josh Doxson for a third-round receiver out of Ohio State. How often do you see... A wide receiver of any draft level make that much of an impact early in the season, and you're talking about a team that doesn't have that many weapons to begin with. It it shocks me that that that's how they've tried to approach this this season. Uh, well, anytime your judgment is to to rely on somebody from Ohio State, you got a problem. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love the Michigan stuff. Jay Gruden's <laughs> taking a the page out of John's playbook. Well, nobody his, his Hunter Renfro love. Nobody understands what what. Either of the Grudens are doing. We'll get to John in a few minutes. Um, do you think that Dwayne Haskins makes it in the game, Jeff? Another Ohio State player that you love no. so much. No, if they thought that he was ready, he would be starting week one. I mean, I still think that he's the best quarterback in this quarterback class. He has, as far as the guy who has the most potential. That takes a but lot for, for you to re- say about an Ohio State player. I'm impressed. Yeah, it it, it pains me. I was going to say, you're sitting like in Michigan praising an Ohio State guy. Are they going to block you out and take away your Michigan card? No, because (laughs) watch what if 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 you missed the Michigan Ohio State game last year, he shredded them. So (laughs) I I just think that he has the most potential. They obviously don't think he's ready yet. I don't know why they don't think he's ready, but I, I haven't been able to figure out what Jay Gruden's doing since they hired him. Keenum's only 26 and 28 as a starter with an 84.5 passer rating in his career. We all remember the last time that he played at the link. Uh, it did not go well for him. 38-7 loss. Last year, he was 28th and third down passing for the Broncos. Uh, Mike, what are the Redskins thinking starting the season with Case Keenum? Uh, I I don't know. I can't answer that question. We just made fun of Jay Gruden and no one knows what he's thinking. But it, I will say that I think part of the thing with this is they don't want to start a rookie quarterback on the road because if he went in there in a divisional rivalry game like that, with that stadium's going to be rocking, and he got lit up or he had a bad game, that could wreck his whole confidence, and then you just wasted that first-round pick that they, they placed on this guy to be the franchise quarterback. If you remember when Carson Wentz started three years ago, I mean, they knew that he was getting that home game against the Cleveland Browns it was a pretty good way to start your career if you're a rookie quarterback. Jeff is sick of the Cleveland Browns already this year. He's over them. He does not believe in the hype. Well, yeah, but he, he's talking about the Cleveland Browns from three years ago. I know. I, I know. Say. I was just taking the opportunity to point out that you're over them. See their five-and-a-half-point favorites this week, Jeff? We'll get to those picks in a little bit. Uh, what was the last time the Browns were favored in a football game? By five-and-a-half points. I don't know. That's, that's going to go back <laughs> and find that. Uh, we talked a little bit last week, Jeff, and I, I wanted to talk about it a little bit with you and Mike more because 
everything that I see out of the Eagles, I get that Jordan Howard is number one on the depth chart. But Miles Sanders is the number one running back on this team in the eyes of the coaches. I think he's going to end up with more touches than Howard on Sunday. Somebody tell me I'm crazy. I'm not. I no, took him, I took him all three of my fantasy teams. <laughs> <laughs> Ahead of Howard. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, your, your thoughts? It just seems like well, I took I Miles you, Sanders on I, team. I think that Jordan Howard is the better running back and the guy that, that they're going to rely on. I, I just can't see that Doug is going to rely on a rookie from the outset at the running back position. I just think that he provides more versatility for the team. And as soon as they see, saw that he could pick up a blitz. What what do you see about Jordan Howard that you don't like as far as versatility? It's not, it's not what I don't see that I don't like. It's that I think that Miles Sanders is a better running back. And in Doug's offense, they like to run that little screen pass. They like to to have a receiver run out. Sanders has more speed than Howard. Howard is a, believe me, I have drafted Jordan Howard in my fantasy league the last three years for Chicago. I'm very familiar with him as a running back. And like you you know last year, I kept saying, I want the Eagles to get Jordan Howard. I just happen to think that everything you see out of this coaching staff says they like Jordan Howard, they love Miles Sanders. That's just where what it looks like. I, I could be wrong, but I mean, ev- he just looks he looks so explosive. I mean, I know it's been said, but he kind of looks like McCoy did in his when he was a rookie. He's got that shake, that certain cut on a dime ability that that not me- m- many running backs have. And then when they figured when he learned how to pick up a blitz, I think that the light bulb went on, on with this coaching staff, and and they all thought that this is going to be our our starting running back for the next four or five years, whatever it is. Oh no! What I just heard is a Philadelphia. Um, overhype. <laughs> this guy better. Li- this, this guy better live up to the hype, otherwise. Because now, if if he doesn't succeed from game one, everybody's going to be the, saying he's a bust. But I think that that's how the coaching staff views him. It's not a question of hype. It's a question of what what they see. It just seems. I mean, I could be wrong, but it just seems like that's mm-hmm. what they see when they look I at don't him. Know. So Jeff, get I, on the I, hype train. I, I heard so. Yeah. Get on the hype train. I'm going to go even keel. You can go on the overhype train. Make your pick for this week. Who wins the game, Eagles-Redskins? How big? You think it's big? Eagles win by two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Okay, I've seen a lot of 31-17 scores. Mike, you're... you're, That's what I I had. I had 31-17, but I think at least two touchdowns. Okay. For some reason, just because it's first week in sloppy football, the 10-point spread worries me. It just seems like a lot. Could be totally wrong, but I mean, I definitely think the Eagles are going to win. Let's look at a couple other games going on this week. Uh, Jeff, the Browns are five and a half point favorites. I mentioned against the Titans. You buying it? <laughs> it's the Titans. Do yeah, you, I buy it. You, okay, so you buy the hype. So you, you pick Cleveland this week? No, it's not. It's not hype. The Titans are not that good. Oh, okay, so it's not about the Browns for you. It's about the Titans. Uh, Mike, exactly. Mike Ravens, Dolphins, Ravens giving up seven points. Are the Dolphins even going to field a football team this no, year? No, they're they're playing for Tua, right? They're, they they already gave up. They're, they're pe- playing for draft picks. Yeah, they're playing for draft picks. But I would be scary about that as a survivor pick just because everyone's picking that game. Brett, you didn't pick that, right? You picked the Ravens? Yes, I did. Uh-oh, he said be worried. Are you concerned? Yeah, I am. Very. <laughs> it's week one. <laughs> and I'm already pooping my pants. Uh, we don't want to know what's going on on the other side of the glass. Uh, I, I, I just want to say, and, and this also pains me, I'm a Dolphins fan this week. Why? Just because you don't like the Ravens or because you no, want Brett to be out of his survivor pool? Because, 
Brett will be out of his survival for week one. Oh, thanks. The worst part is my brother's a diehard Dolphins fan, so I didn't have the courage to tell him what I was doing. Well, so he knows about it now if he listens to the show, and if not, then we'll post it on your Facebook page so that he sees it. Don't worry. We'll get it out there. Oh, darn it. Um, and, and, and by the way, here's what else is going to happen. Brett will, if, if Brett loses in the first week on that pick, then he will be a Ravens fan by the end of the season. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll hate the Ravens. Yes, you will. Oh, I guarantee it. I wasn't mad at Miami for dumping people because I've got Kenny Stills on a fantasy team, so at least he's got Deshaun Watson thrown into him now in Houston. Uh, Falcons at the Vikings. The Eagles have the Falcons next week. Mike, you're actually going to be there, not covering it, just at a bachelor party, hopefully uh, not too inebriated and enjoying yourself. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts, Mike or Jeff, on the Falcons and the Vikings? Jeff? What? Any thoughts on Falcons or Vikings? I got nothing. I just, I, I got you. you Brett, asked, you asked Brett, if, if, you, if we could stop the show right have, now and just cut I that clip no of I've got nothing, I'm going to need the that. Game, the, the game that I have that, that I think is going to be the best game of the week is probably the Steelers Patriots game on Monday night. That's Sunday night. But it's Sunday night. But it's a good game. Uh, yeah. Mike, any other games you're looking out for this week? Um,. Cowboys are a seven and a half point favorite against the Giants. It's actually lower than I thought because <laughs> they're at home. Uh, Broncos given up two points to the Raiders on Monday night. Let's move that into our NFL talk. Jeff, how would you like to have Antonio Brown on your team right now? I told you, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea why they're letting him get a, get, get away with this. Well, right now but he's I, starting Monday night again. Well, so. So, so when I heard that this morning, my first thought was Mike Mayock will not make it to the end of the season. Did they just try and play good cop, bad cop, and Mayock had to fold? Is that is that what happened? No, I think that I, I think that Gruden has a ten year contract and he can't afford to lose. And Mayock tried to put his foot down, and basically Mayock was told, "Look, I can't, I can't take your side." My understanding. And once you, once you do that, <laughs> once you have somebody in a position of authority who gets knocked down like that, nobody's going to have any respect for him. And, and I don't know how, as a leader of an organization, as a general manager, he survives this. Maybe he keeps his job, but he's got no authority to do anything. My understanding is he came in and gave a heartfelt apology to the team today. Jeff, if I was going to lose what? out on $30 Guess million what? guaranteed, I'd find a way to give a heartfelt apology for something oh, as that, well. That's that's it. I mean, does anybody, anybody <laughs> believe that Antonio Brown is capable of being sincere about anything other than what he wants for himself? He is the least team guy in the NFL right now. So you don't want him. Is that what, I, what I'm taking away? He is the consummate cancer in the NFL. How about Melvin Gordon? Because the news came out this week that the Eagles potentially made an offer that Doug Peterson says wasn't an offer of Jordan Howard mm -hmm. and some picks to get Melvin Gordon. Would you take him on your team, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't mind him. No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see Melvin Gordon as a problem. I mean, Melvin Gordon is a guy who obviously thinks that his worth is more than it actually is. But what Antonio Brown has been doing is a different level of stupidity and selfishness. Think about it. This is a guy who got traded to a new team after his old team wanted nothing to do with him, despite his statistics. Despite his look, what he did at the end of the season. He didn't play in the last game of the season when they had a chance to make the playoffs. Then he goes to a new team, and the first thing he does is he doesn't show up because of his helmet that he was warned a year ago he was not going to be able to use. 
And then after resolving that whole thing, then he, if, if any employee who worked for a company had gotten the letter that he got from his boss and posted it on social media, they'd be fired in a heartbeat. Don't forget about his feet, Jeff. And, and then <laughs> threatening the general manager? Yeah, that, that, that uh, I can't imagine that that goes well. Uh, you you know, know this is going to end well, but it's the Raiders. So, the, look, Al Davis may be long gone, but apparently the legacy of the Raiders being just a, a mess continues. Yeah, the Raiders are definitely going to Raider, no matter what. You know uh, what's going to happen there. Somehow this is going this drama is going to keep unfolding. They just said that if, as long as he plays week one, he's guaranteed his money. So he's going to play week one, and then he's going to carry this drama into the regular season, and he's going to end up on the Patriots for like a six-round pick because that's what Belichick always does. <laughs> you know what the best part of it was? That um, Did you see who the person was that broke up the confrontation with, uh, between Mayock and him? Vontez Perfect. Vontez Perfect. <laughs> it was the perfect end to that story that that's who did it. Mike Zeke Elliott is back uh, with a new deal with the Cowboys. Jeff is not surprised at all. He said all along he didn't Wait, want to you be. Wait, in- you can't you can't leave the Raiders discussion no? without asking how how John Gruden has gone through week after week talking about how much he likes Nate Peterman. Okay, Jeff, how is John Gruden going through week after week saying he likes Nate Peterman? <laughs> How is this guy that was perceived to be this genius of offensive football who had the Gruden talk every week when he had his, you know, when he was in the booth, seems to know all this stuff and he keeps just opening his mouth talking about how Nate Peterman is so good. Uh, look, I, Colin Kaepernick's not busy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I've never been a Nate Peterman fan. I've told you a long time that as long as Nate Peterman has a job in college, Kaepernick doesn't. That's all you need to know about the NFL right now. So, you know, my, my argument has nothing else to be added to that at the moment. I, I still don't have faith in him as a quarterback. For their sake, I hope that they can protect Derek Carr. Uh, that's that's all that I would say if, if I'm a Raiders fan. You know, you better hope that that your line can hold up. Uh, Jeff, you are not surprised that Zeke has a deal, uh, six years, $90 million extension that includes $50 million guaranteed. Uh, Mike, what are we going to see? Is he going to play week one? How much do you think he's going to play? And will it impact him that he did not play in the preseason? Because nobody plays in the preseason, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's going to go right in and get his usual workload. He's been a beast, arguably the best running back for the past three years. Um I, I don't I don't see any hindrance now unless he's a little out of shape from eating too many tacos and Cabo San Lucas. <laughs> um but I, I think they they expect him to be ready to go and, and be the work workers back that he's always been. Jeff, he's now paid higher than Todd Gurley. Any thoughts on what Dallas has done with giving out their money? They still don't have Dak under contract. Look, I ain't mad at him for keeping Dak, but uh you know some of the decisions they made. Are you surprised the money they've given out, who they've guaranteed, and who they don't have under contract right now? Uh, I just like to say, hey Jerry Jones, you blinked. <laughs> he did. He definitely blinked. He yeah. gave him all his money. <laughs> Zeke got everything he yeah. wanted. Um, yeah, Jer- Jerry definitely blinked there at Jerry World. Uh, Lashawn McCoy is now a Kansas City Chief. Jeff, your reaction? Uh, I think he'll be a, a good bonus for that team. I think that, that he'll fit in. He knows Andy Reid. Andy Reid knows him. And as long as he realizes that he's not Shady McCoy, 
of five, seven years ago, he could be a valuable piece to that puzzle. Brett, how excited were you that the Chiefs got a player that you knew? Hyped. <laughs> One less person to worry about. <laughs> One less person that you have to learn out there. Uh, Jeff, you're hey, good. Brett, hey, Brett, who's Shady McCoy? He used to be in Eagles. Profound, Brett. Way to add something there. Uh, Tyreek Hill is now one of the highest paid receivers with a new deal, $54 million. Jeff, on the one hand, he's the only player in NFL history with 25 touchdowns and five returns in his first three seasons. On the other hand, we've talked extensively about the alleged reports and rumors of his off-field conduct. Your reaction to the fact that another player with questionable off-field issues uh, is being taken care of on the field? Why? He was obviously under contract for this year, right? So if he's under contract for this year, why are you rewarding him now? Why, after everything that they just went through with him again, would they not just sit there and say, all right, let's, let's see if he's a good citizen this year? What was the point in doing this? I, I don't know. I don't negotiate contracts. Well, that's the thing. If he gets in, con- in trouble again, he's got his money. He's so so just again. saying, why would you do that if you know that there's some potential? I mean, he had a history before he was drafted. It's why he fell. It doesn't seem like things have changed. There continue to be rumors that surround him. Uh, you know, It's but- not just rumors. He was on tape saying things that even if the other things weren't true, the stuff that came out of his mouth should give everybody pause about what kind of person this is and whether or not this is a guy that you want to reward. I just don't see, even if you think that you want to have him on your team, now was not the time to reward him. Well, it seems like the Chiefs paused and then went forward. <laughs> but it also, adding to that is, it seemed like they drafted his replacement when they got Hardman. So they had an, an out, and then they gave him this money. The contract makes no sense to me. None of it makes sense, though they have a lot of weapons on that team now. They I mean, do. Pat Mahomes has a lot of people to throw a handoff to. Jeff, last thing before we go to the break, uh, I wanted to ask you about the new pass interference challenge. Uh, I know that I've talked about wanting to get it right. I know you have mm-hmm. concerns about the use of instant Whether replay. or not they'll get it right. Uh, is this going to be the big controversy this season in the league? The use of and ability to challenge pass interference plays. We saw it last night. LaFleur challenged a catch that wasn't a pass interference. Uh, they looked at it in a challenge, and he lost. One game, one challenge, one success. Are we going to continue? Uh, it will be one of many things that people complain about all season but this will definitely be a big one mike how do you think it's going to impact games are we are we going to see games swing on these these calls that people make or or their waste of challenges it's just going to be come another point of criticism that fans can have for coaches that they didn't use their challenge right it's definitely another point of criticism i mean that's that's the number one thing with this but people are worried about the games are going to get longer as long as they get the calls right i don't i don't see that it's going to prolong the game that much i'm actually wasn't for it at first but i've come around and i think it's gonna be good for the game all right let's let's hang it there jeff hang out i know you're uh hanging out in the lobby in michigan or something stick with me uh we'll come back we'll talk a little more nfl we'll talk college we'll talk some other stuff sports lets people live their dreams overcome obstacles and achieve goals but what's your unimaginable do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself to push your limits the A Fatty clothing brand believes we're all capable of going far beyond we previously imagined to overcome your obstacles and achieve your goals. Life gives you the chance to push harder, 
dream bigger and to do whatever it takes to conquer the unimaginable and to do it with A Fatty On You, the original street leisure clothing brand. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field. It's the heart of sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN. With former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the heart of sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen with Mike in studio. Jeff, you still hanging out there with us? I am. I'm sitting here looking out, excuse me, outside my window. There are a whole bunch of Army people seeming to, to get partying, and, and the game is still, oh, gee, I don't know, uh, 18 hours away. You want to see if any of them has a glass of water for you? How about it? <laughs> Look. Uh, look, look, they're military guys. I'm going to go party with them. I did want to talk real fast about a, a study I saw. Jeff, you know my uh, interest in the gaming side of this business. Uh, did you see that there's a new study out uh, from the American Gaming Association? So I will say where it's from, clearly, um, about mm-hmm. how much ga- gaming increases viewership. There's going to be 1.2 million more Americans that place bets legally this year. Does that surprise you? Is that a lower number than you thought, higher number? What do you think? Uh, uh, look, uh, you want to play, I know how much you like these kind of statistics, but the fact is you already said exactly what you know my skepticism is, which this is a study that comes out of the American Gaming Association. That's like saying that the Cigarette Association saying there's 1.2 more million more people that are going to smoke this year because of X number of reasons. It, 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 there may be an increase in gambling. I have no idea. There probably is an increase in gambling, but this study in particular doesn't exactly phase me one way or the other. Are you still searching for a fantasy league? Buy one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have found one. All right, good. Just wanted to make sure. All right, so, so since so you're, I'll be able to talk fantasy football with you. Since you're in Michigan, you want to go to some college football or you want to talk some other sports? What do you want to do? You, I'll let you lead the way. Wow, you want to skip the union? No, I don't want to skip them. It's a question of right. whether we want to talk about them together or whatever. All right. Well, let's talk about college football first. Okay. I think that there, there's some really good games. Obviously, the Michigan Army game is one of them, but, but I think there are a lot of good games this weekend. And college football is getting into full swing so early. I mean, the number one Clemson's already taken on Texas A&M in week two. That's the kind of game that you want from the outset. That is a fun game at Death Valley. I think it's at Death Valley in the afternoon there. Uh, it should be a crazy atmosphere. Jeff, you saw a game there last year with your son, right? Tell our fans what it'll be like there. Clemson football is like a religion. I mean, we were there for the – it was a Clemson. Says the Michigan man. Says the Michigan uh, I, man. I, I, I Look, as, as a guy who went to Michigan, I have never seen nor experienced anything other than the Army-Navy game like a Clemson football home game maybe it was because it was the rivalry game maybe it was because they were the number one team i don't know what it is but but they know how to put on a show oh no doubt did you happen to see last week uh one of our listeners uh john infanti will will like this little syracuse grad did you see that the liberty head coach uh hugh freeze coach from in the press box in a hospital bed after back surgery last week is is that dedication is that dedication (laughs) It is dedication. I yes, mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. It is dedication. Something tells me know. that if you had back surgery, 
you would not be across from me in the studio at a bed doing this radio show. I, I don't I think you're that committed you to me. That I will not. Yeah, I, don't I will think... not unless there is enough pain medication in me, and then you will not want me on air. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, ticket pricing. Mm-hmm. That Adam Gay story when his wife was given birth. What did he do? As, as soon as the baby came out, he said, we're good here. And he went back to the office and started <laughs> watching film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that went over very well at home. Yeah. <laughs> as of the other day, the cheapest. Did, well, wait, I have a question. Did, did his wife actually answer? Yeah, we're good here. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I wouldn't be daring enough to ask that question of my wife where. We're expecting our second. Uh, sweetie, I will not be leaving right afterwards to go do the radio show with Jeff. Don't you worry about that. Oh, oh I, I will do, be doing my best to convince you just to say those words. <laughs> $994, Jeff. That was the cheapest pair of tickets on StubHub yesterday for LSU Texas tomorrow night. Uh, ticket prices have come down a little bit. You get a pair for $389 a piece right now. Uh, basically somewhere around there. Best seat in the house for a pair of nine hundred and fifty dollars. You go into the game, Jeff. Would you pay that <laughs> to see a no, game? No, I'm going to the Michigan Army game. But I, but if look if if you're if you're down there, think about it. Louisiana and Texas are, are not that far apart. You have two rabid fan bases with two teams that are on the rise. Uh, I mean that's that's the kind of game that you want. That's that's something. As much as I like pro football, you cannot replicate what what the college football experience is like what the whole pregame experience is like because people are more invested in the game because so many people either went there or grew up with that. It's just those kind of games. And to have them this early in the season instead of your typical Alabama versus, you know, Little Sisters of the Poor. I would say Michigan versus Appalachian State, but I know that brings back bad memories. Yeah, well, I I just want (laughs) to, since you're going to bring it up, that that did not turn out to be such a powder puff game because uh, look what happened. As a person who was there and traumatized my child for many years. (laughs) Does your kids, Alex is there looking at the school now. Does he still blame you for bringing him to that game? Of course he does. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> Stanford's going to play at USC. It's going to be a battle of the backup quarterbacks. You've got quarterback KJ yeah. Costello ruled out for Stanford and for USC. Uh, their quarterback, JT Daniels, tore his ACL last week. Uh, not quite the marquee matchup that it was, but USC-Stanford, always a good time. Jeff, will you be staying up and watching? No. <laughs> Very simply, I will not. No hesitation. <laughs> Jeff, will you watch anything what, what other I, than hoping, Army Michigan what, see, on what Saturday? I'm, what, I, what I'm hoping to do is I'm hoping to enjoy. I will, I'm sure I'll be stressed out because Army runs that crazy offense. And yeah, so let's talk about that not game. Not good at offense. stopping those games. What are you yeah, expecting? Yeah. Uh, how big is your anxiety Stress. level knowing that you're playing a team that runs the ball and you do not stop the run well? Well, it's not, it's not just that. Army is good. I mean, Army last year was really good, and they're bringing back their quarterback. They still run that offense. I expect Michigan to have some fits. Uh, last last week, their defense did not play particularly well. The offense is loaded this year, so we'll see if it, that's going to happen. I expect it to be a close game, and probably at the end of it, Michigan wins by two touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns. But what, after that game's over and I head to the airport, what I'm going to be doing is setting my well, I'd say VCR, but that would show my age. I'll set my DVR. <laughs> so, You're going to so, DVR the so Rutgers-Iowa game? 
that what you're going to That's do? exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. So I could get home and watch that big game between Iowa and Rutgers because I'm sure it is going to be a nail-biter. Rutgers is one to know, okay? So take that and stuff it in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> okay. Just Rutgers remember that, that there were Go ahead. Rutgers was down fourteen to nothing, yes. and then twenty-one to seven last week yes. to UMass. Yes, and they won. They won. Uh huh. Look, I'm not expecting a victory this week. I I went and saw football games out in Iowa City at the University of Iowa. That's a tough stadium to play in, uh, Kinnick Stadium out there. It's a great place if you haven't gone to see a football game. It's a lot of fun. Going to be a tough trip for Rutgers out there this week. Iowa's number 20 in the country, but they did lose their left tackle, the NFL prospect, uh, last week. Jeff, I'm assuming you don't think that will matter. No, not against <laughs> Rutgers. But, <laughs> but one, the one other thing I will say about Iowa is, is if people have a chance, I don't know where they're going to actually televise that game, but if you can actually find the game, the, the pregame thing that they do at Iowa is there's a children's hospital that is within viewing distance of the, of the football stadium. And at the beginning of the game, all of the fans and the students turn to the kids that are watching from the window and wave to them. And it's one of the, the more touching things that you'll ever see at a sporting event. It is definitely very cool to be a part of. Any other games this week or anything from last week that caught your attention in college football, Jeff, before we move on? I think, I think yeah, I mean, the one other game that may be interesting is BYU at Tennessee, <clears throat> although Tennessee's performance last week leads you to believe that maybe the, the real question is whether or not Tennessee's coach survives the rest of the season. Yeah, maybe they should have kept Greg Schiano. <laughs> Cal's also. I don't know if that was Shiana's decision. I mean, I don't know if that was their decision. Cal's also going to play at Washington. That's another big game out on the West Coast. Washington has been a tough team, and that'll be a showcase for their quarterback in that game. Washington's ranked 14th, and they're hoping for a big season, but that's a, a rivalry matchup out there with Cal. Uh, Jeff, that's after your bedtime, so my guess is you'll not watch that either. Yeah, way past my bedtime. That's what I thought. Uh, all right, you want to talk baseball, soccer, tennis? Phillies. Phillies? Well, why do you want to bring yeah. me down with this show, Jeff? <laughs> Come on, I was so excited about what football. Is, what is what is going on with the Phillies? But the big news is, look who's back, Mikel Franco, and he's in the starting lineup tonight. Are you for real? I didn't even see the starting lineup. Is he real? really starting tonight? After yeah, everything this team said about him? Look, the Phillies are going to play just good enough to not be officially eliminated until the last week of the season. Can we just acknowledge that at this yeah. point? Like, I think you might be wrong. Oh, you think they're going to be eliminated before that? <laughs> I, I think so. Look, I, and I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the one who was the glass asshole from the beginning of the season. I just don't, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's going on with the pitching. I don't understand why Zach Eflin is starting again tonight. I, it, there, there are just so many times that I shake my head and go, I'm not quite sure of what they're doing and why they do things as inconsistently as they're doing them. They are now 72-67, and 67, four games back of the wild card, two more wasted chances to pick up games in that race. They've got 22 games left, 19 in a row against teams with winning records starting against the Mets this week. Jeff, they now have a 1.9% chance to make the playoffs. I think that's high. Did, did did you not watch what just happened with the Red Seas and the, the the Red Series? I did. It was terrible. It was, yeah. So so, what makes you think that they're going to be able to compete with teams that have better records? I said I the think Reds that's high. <laughs> I think one point nine percent is overestimating it. I will I, say I, I really don't get it. I, well, and what don't you get? 
they're just not good enough. They haven't been good enough all season. Like I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Tony Dungy. Who was it? Herm, Herm Edwards or Tony? Or no, it was Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were. Like the Phillies are yeah. who we thought they were. They're exactly no. See, but I, I don't think that. I, I think I think that this team was mismanaged out of the playoffs position uh, I, from the beginning of the season i think that this pitching staff behind this manager and this pitching coach who i i do not understand why he is still here name me one guy on this on this pitching staff bullpen or starter who has improved under this pitching coach i'm surprised he hasn't there been is fired nobody. too. i mean look that's, people can well, say what it. they when want you got rid of the hitting coach why didn't you get rid of the pitching coach? i was gonna say people can say what they want but they have hit better since they got rid of the hitting coach so, because well, Charlie knows hitting, there, there is nobody in baseball that knows hitting better than Charlie. Are there going to be organizational changes? I mean, we saw the the head of scouting is leaving. Are there? Do you think well, there's going to be? You already see it because the, because the Phillies hitting coach wasn't just a major league hitting coach. He was putting in place a whole program for the entire minor league system, and by bringing Charlie in. I see them going back. And look, we've talked to enough minor league players to know that the guys who aren't following the program are the guys that are being successful. I was right going to say, Alec Bohm is your prime example of he's the C ball, hit ball guy as opposed to the yeah. analytics guy. And I mean, that's right. Alec Bohm is the, the best talent, illustration of Charlie Manuel's approach versus the other approach. And well, and, and isn't Bryce Harper that also? Look at Bryce Harper over the last month. Who now has 30 home when, runs and 100 RBIs. He's the first Phillies outfielder to do it since Pat Burrell in 2005 and the first Philly to do it since 2011. So we can talk about the up-and-down season that he's had, but at the same time, he's somebody who now is putting up numbers in that lineup. Another bright spot, I mean, JT Realmuto, 22 home runs, 75 RBIs, both career highs. I have no idea why teams try and steal against him. I don't know what they're seeing. The Phillies are going to need to break out the bank and pay that man this offseason, Jeff. I think so. I th- I, look, I think the pieces are going to be there if they can if they can figure out the pitching. And and the other thing is, maybe they should have went out and got Keiko when they had the chance. I don't know what if that would have solved all of the problems because I think they do have a lot of problems in the bullpen too, partly because of the number of injuries that they've had. But this starting staff outside of Aaron Nola has just been terrible well what do they do next I, I mean year? I can't because... believe that I'm, I'm watching Drew Smiley and 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 where did Vincent come from no look, there's a lot of names that that have shown up in the, in this bullpen and that have shown up uh, on this team on this field that I've never heard of before they they show up with a with a jersey on but the question becomes with their starting pitching what do they do next year you know, you got Spencer Howard, who people wanted to bring up this year. I know you didn't want to because he's skipping straight, but he had a dominant start, seven innings, shutout ball in the first Reading playoff game. David Parkinson, mm-hmm. again, seven strong innings last night. Unfortunately, they didn't win either of those games. Those are your arms in the system there. You got a few more. Are they going to look within? Do they have enough talent within, or is it a combination of need to go sign a big pitcher, need to get middle-of-the-road guys? What are you doing if, if Jeff is general manager of the Phillies, other than changing the pitching coach? Well, I, I think that what we do is we move Kingery back to his original spot at second base. You see how much you can get if you can get enough for Caesar. Um, I still think that Mikel Franco has more value than the Phillies see. 
Um, I'm glad they didn't cut him, which was one of the things that that I heard was was one of the scuttlebutts was that they possibly could cut him, which makes no sense. I was going to say, did that make your head explode? Because the second I saw that report, I thought of you, and I know how you've been down on their ability to devalue their players. And the whole idea of cutting Mikel Franco totally fed right into that. <laughs> it's just it, it makes no nothing sense. Says to me, you we know, love people, you and you have talent. Like we thought about cutting you a week before the end of the season, where we're not going to make the playoffs. There has to be a story that we're not that we all don't know yet uh, as to why Mikel Franco was sent down so unceremoniously, left down unceremoniously, and then even when he did well down there, and and the rosters expanded, they didn't bring him up right away. They're just there has because if there isn't well, they didn't bring him up right no away sense. because of how many days they needed. I think in service down. I think that was like a technicality that they didn't bring him up right away. But sending him down, I think, I, I, I think there was more to it than that. I, I I just think there's something that's going on there. And you know, people used to complain about when under the Ruben Amaro regime about how they overvalued their prospects. This organization under Clentac seems to do the opposite in causing the value to go down. Jeff, uh, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I saw an interesting story, and for our listeners, we obviously do our minor league show for the Phillies uh, that airs on Thursdays. Next week's going to be our last show for the Fightings, who are still in the playoffs. Uh, did you see that the amount of home runs increase in AAA this year over last year, Jeff? Only in AAA. <clears throat> Only in AAA. And there's a difference in that Major League Baseball's ball. balls and the AAA balls are made in China, but the balls at the other levels are made in Costa Rica. So at AAA... That, they had, but that's not the issue. Well, that, but it, at AAA, has, they had a 58% increase in home runs. And you and I have talked to the players yeah, about easily, the difference in the ball. But it's easily explained. That's, that's it. it. It is easily explained in two ways. One, the ball, the ball that they're using in AAA and the major leagues is wound tighter. So that's first of all, which means it's going to fly farther. Second of all, there are more pitches in the zone that you would hit for home runs because the ball is not moving as much because the seams are lower. So if there's more pitches to hit, there's going to be more home runs, plus you have a ball that's not juiced necessarily but it is a tighter ball so is this so Major it makes League sense. baseball and, and anybody who doesn't believe it all they have to do is see that it's only a triple a in the major league is this major league baseball going back to chicks dig the long ball that they went through in the steroid era now all of a sudden as opposed to artificially enhancing their players they're changing the makeup of the ball so that they can get that result or do you think that next season they come back and they move more towards the ball like you're seeing in the lower levels which hasn't led to that increase in home runs well the the question is is whether or not the the players union is going to get involved in this because there are more pitchers than there are home run hitters necessarily and if if I'm the pitchers I'm getting everybody together and saying look this is impacting me more than it's in, impacting the guys that are hitting 40 home runs instead of 30 home runs. I mean, it, it's, it's getting ridiculous to the point that how many really, other than Justin Verlander, who just threw another no hitter in his career. Um, it, it, it's just, it's, it's too much offense and it's not good for the game because it, home runs aren't just the answer. You still have to fix all the other parts of the game. Well, that's a much longer conversation. Uh, I'll leave that there for now. Let's get to a little soccer and extra time. Jeff, I was so disappointed I was not at 
Talent Energy Stadium last weekend with 18,510 fans as the Union beat Atlanta United. What did you see as the team picked up a 3-1 victory to remain in first place against one of the top teams in the league? Well, then you just you just summarized it great. You see, they they this was their coming out party. They were already fighting for first place with the defending champions in the MLS, and Atlanta was playing great. And keep in mind, what were the Union without? They were without their captain because he got a red card. Well, he got what two yellow cards in the prior game, so he he was not able to play. So despite not having their 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 on field captain. They were able to play great defense. Casper, again, did what Casper does. Aronson was great. Santos was great. They, they basically had their coming out party. But now they have a week to rest. And then next week, they're at it again against the clear favorite to win the MLS Cup. Yeah, we need to go to that. That's going to be fun down there. Are you, are you back next week? Can we go? Hang on. I, I, we, we, will, we will definitely be at that game and i can guarantee you that game will be sold out I, in fact i would be shocked if, if there is not a single seat for the rest of the game the rest of the season that you'll be able to get i don't know if to. that stadium has shook and been that loud since early in the te- the club's tenure uh and again you and i have talked about coach jim Curtin. His ability to make the subs that pay off differences sergio santos goes in in the 77th minute right away involved in a goal and so, you know, he continues to push the right buttons for this team, no matter what changes, what injuries they have, players out on loan. Uh, Curtin continues to get it done for them as coach. And in the meantime, can I ask a question? No, we don't How take do you questions. Get a yellow car- How do you get a yellow card for taking your shirt off during a celebration? Well, I get it's a red. I get a red card if I took my shirt off during a well, celebration. Well, yeah, but that's so. a whole that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what my first thought was actually. Now they're not going to be able to track him on the GPS stats anymore. Yeah, because he because he ripped that <laughs> he off. He ripped too. off the sports bra underneath that they all have yep. to wear. So yep. now Curtin's mm-hmm. short on numbers for how far he ran. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a, a fun atmosphere down there for the game. Uh, we're going to have to make it down there again for the next one, without a doubt, right? Yep, we'll be there. Can I talk tennis with you for a sec? Uh, Come all on, right, do it. Serena, what do you want to talk about? Serena Williams was in her 38th Grand Slam semifinal. Uh, she's going for her 24th title on Saturday. That's a lot, mm-hmm. Jeff. She's pretty good. And when we talk about women in sports... Is she the greatest tennis player of all time, male or... I'm so bad at those conversations because I don't mm-hmm. know history. Not because I'm not old enough, Jeff, just because I don't know it, okay? Um, but I, I'm very bad at those conversations of the greatest ever. She definitely seems like it. I mean, she has dominated and changed the sport in a way that few have. You know, we talk about the way Tiger changed the sport in golf. Serena has changed the game of women's tennis. She's playing a 19-year-old in her first final. Uh, can you imagine the nerves that she's going to have uh, comparison in that one? Well, I mean, look, Naomi Osaka did it with, with Serena last year. So, I mean... For for women tennis players, nineteen is getting kind of old. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think she'll be. Able, I don't think she's going to be too nervous one way or the other. No, I th- I think she'll be all right. Um, real fast, we got like two minutes, three minutes before we got to get out of here. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team finished their victory tour. Uh, did you see that Finland is now going to pay their women's and men's teams the same amount of money as their counterparts? A new four-year contract. Good for them. 
It should be. Megan Rapino uh, not being quiet about her dissatisfaction with the Soccer Federation. Uh, she said, we're sick and tired of being disrespected. It's not even really about equal pay. It's just what we're worth and what's fair. It's always being looked at, oh, this is what you deserve, so you should be happy. Well, no one's happy about it. How does this end? Because I don't, I don't know who has the overall leverage here. You're a contract person in a negotiation program. Public opinion is clearly on the side of the women's soccer team. Um, do they have the financial leverage to win this fight right now? I don't think it's a question about leverage. I just think it's about the moment. And I think that we are now in a moment that that they are so popular. I mean, look, we were we were at that game at the link. They are rock stars in their sport, and they become rock stars bigger than their sport. And I think that they need to be heard. I think that, that most of the players, male and female, are supportive of it. And I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to see probably by the end of this year – you'll see a shakeup in the soccer organization. And I think that they'll end up getting equal pay. Oh, so you think this will actually lead to changes at the Federation because you think the Federation yeah. stance is untenable? Well, I think the, I think the way that the Federation has handled this has, has been a PR nightmare. And, <laughs> and I think that they're going to get rid of these guys. Without a doubt. Uh, last minute, I want to ask you your football traditions, and I've got Mike here still. Jeff, where do you watch games? How do you watch them? Are you are you a home guy? Or are you you, know, you have to go a, to I, stuff. I am a homer. I'm a homer. Like I, I, I like to be in the privacy of my home, watching on a TV. Um, I don't necessarily like to be walking up and down steps at a game. I like the commentary. What's what's your thing? My my tradition for college football is to be with friends or be with my son at a college football game. And tomorrow we'll be at a tailgate at nine o'clock. We'll go into the stadium at eleven thirty, and we'll cheer hard for four hours. But um, it, it's football is just different than any sport when it comes to to watching. Now, when it comes to NFL football, give me a nice TV and I'll go sit on my couch. Mike, are you a in stadium guy? We're in the Eagles press box for the women's national team event. It's an odd situation watching in there. Can't cheer <laughs> in the press box. Can't. Are you an in stadium guy? Or are you uh, on so TV? I did, guy? Yeah, well, I did the in stadium as press for a long time. Before that, I was in stadium tailgate the whole nine yards, but. As Jeff said, you got to be with your core group of friends, people that share the same passion and, and wear the same jersey and just get into it. Maybe even paint your face for a big game. I've Jeff, I'm going to let you paint your face. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week.